Welcome to Designated Driver, the podcast about the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Liz. And we are on part two of our exploration of girls, the star-making vehicle for Adam Driver. So how far did you get? I got to the last episode of season two. Okay. Part one, we talked about girls sort of overall and uh, episodes one through seven of season one. So how do you feel? Oh, any Adam Driver news? I feel like I texted you something about Adam Driver. Maybe it was just like a picture on Twitter or something. Wait a minute. Have we talked about like the number one, the internet will lose their minds if this ever happens? Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love this. Somebody posted something like I'm asking again. I put it on our Facebook page. I'm asking again. For an all Muppet version of Pride and Prejudice where Adam Driver is the only human and he plays Mr. Darcy totally straight. I love everything about it. I love Muppets. I love Adam Driver. I love Pride and Prejudice. Yep. My only improvement to that, I think I told you, was it would be called Pig and Prejudice. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, I don't like it if he would have to be opposite Miss Piggy, though. Oh, really? I like her as Elizabeth Bennet. No? She's just kind of (laughs) rapey. Oh, I don't feel that way. I feel that she's an assertive pig. Okay. Which is, I was sort of quoting. Who knows her own mind. Yeah, I was sort of quoting Lindy West. She wrote a book. About how Miss Piggy was rapey? Yeah, it was a real funny sentence. She's like, isn't she kind of rapey? (laughs) So I didn't make that up, but it really stuck in my head. Who are the other ladies? I mean, Janice. Oh, yeah. Janice would be Jane. <laughs> don't you think? The pretty older remember. sister. Janice would be Jane. I think... that That's really funny. Yeah. But just Jane and Janice. Okay. So Elizabeth Bennett, you're thinking Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy could also be Elizabeth Bennett's mom, the one uh-huh. who really wants them to get married, who's really yeah, kind of controlling mom. and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then there are the two silly younger sisters. There's the one who runs away with the bad lieutenant who turns out to be a terrible person. And then there's the other one who like is just not fun and kind of bossy and reads religious texts all the time. Let's see. Who else? I mean, there's Camilla the chicken. Maybe there's some kind of link. Because my friend, who I used to work with, who was a big fan of Adam Driver, was also a very big fan of Pride and Prejudice, the PBS version. Yeah, because it's the best one with Colin Firth. So maybe there's some overlap there. So there's the chicken. Yeah, so Camilla. Yes, we were talking about who would play all the sisters. I'm like blinking on who are the female Muppets. I know. I guess there's not that many. many. There's Janice, there's Camilla the chicken, there's Miss Piggy. I mean, she's a lot of women. Who else, though? This is the problem. Would I think Muppets Kermit... pass the Bechtel test? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I'm not thinking of a lot of girl Muppets, but maybe the boy Muppets could play some girl characters. Yeah, Kermit be... would be Mr. Bingley, who's the one who ends up with Jane. He's very nice. So what about Colin Firth? He's like the... He's, he's the, Mr. Darcy. So yeah, that would like be Adam the, Driver. And then there's the bad lieutenant. And then their younger sister, who's just kind of pious and annoying. 
I don't know who would be her. She doesn't end up with anyone. She's just really boring. The grouchy sister? Yeah, the grouchy sister. And then... She could be like one of those two old guys in the balcony. Yep, she's she could. She could be Walnut or Gromit or whatever their names are. Joel, Joel makes fun <laughs> of me that of I don't know. thinking of Wallace and Gromit? Aren't their names like Walnut and Figment or something? Waldorf I and... I don't know. Grumpy that's, Man. That's deep. Did you see that on Adam Driver Reddit or something? Or how? It popped into my feed and then it just of was Twitter? popping around. It was originally Twitter, but I saw it on Facebook because I don't really spend a lot of time on Twitter. So Facebook just is showing you things because of your Adam Driver page. I think page. so. So creepy. I wanted to tell you, sidebar, that I read the Andrew McCarthy memoir. <gasps> Brat? Yes. Did you like it? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I thought maybe we could do a chapter... Of Andrew McCarthy movies from 1983 Mm. to 1990. We have, like, no Adam Driver material to do, which might happen pretty soon. Have you listened to this season of You Must Remember This, Erotic 80s? No. Oh, you should listen to it. Because she goes through that period, and she actually refers to Bratz sometimes, but she also refers to Rob Lowe's memoir, which you know I also really enjoyed. And my takeaway from Rob Lowe's memoir is that Andrew McCarthy is maybe kind of a dick like in his own story he recognizes that he has this kind of cold quality that puts people off sometimes I think yeah but he doesn't really acknowledge being a dick but then he hears from other people like that they hate him yeah and then he's kind of aloof I also read on Wikipedia quickly that he was going to be on Law and Order SVU but the guy D'Onofrio what's his name for Vincent Vincent kicked him off <laughs> like couldn't get along with them. And Andrew McCarthy's quote was, he was trying to direct me and whatever. So Rob Lowe implied, did he give any example? Yeah, I highly recommend his memoir two stories I tell my friends. And I think I've told you how much I loved it. I think actually my takeaway was, even though I'll always love Andrew McCarthy, I think I like Rob Lowe better as a person. But then I was listening to You Must Remember This and the last episode of the erotic 80s she talks about Rob Lowe's sex tape and it is kind of yucky I don't think in the scheme of things it's that yucky he got really into making videotapes I guess you did this in the 80s he had this video camera and he would take it everywhere like he took it with him to a baseball game and he like filmed his friends at the baseball game but then like he filmed a threesome with him, a man and another woman, and they were all adults, so like, okay, fine. And then he went to this nightclub, and he took these two ladies home, one of them who was a, quote, known lesbian, and the other one who worked with her turned out to be 16, and he didn't know because they were at an over-21 club. So I kind of give him a pass on that. But then he filmed part of that threesome. And then when he was in the bathroom, they stole the tape and they sold it to the media. And that's how it got out. Parts of it sounded kind of yucky, but then other parts of it made me think you were taking a lot of drugs and it was the 80s and maybe what you did wasn't so bad. All of that aside, in his memoir, he talks about the first movie that he was in with Andrew McCarthy. So Rob Lowe plays his roommate. And anyway, when they were getting to know each other, I think they were in Chicago filming. 
Rob Lowe really, really wanted them to go to this isolation tank thing. You know how you go in those isolation tanks and you float in them mm-hmm. and it's like quiet uh, and meditative. Yeah. So Rob Lowe was like, okay. So they went and it was like a weird place. Like they were in a basement and he didn't really know what they were doing. And Wait, then Andrew wanted to go or Rob? Yeah, wanted? Andrew McCarthy wanted okay, to go. Okay. So they went together like as part of their like bonding as roommates and preparing for the movie. And so they both went into isolation tanks and Rob Lowe was like, I don't like this. What is this? Like time has stopped. I don't know what's going on. And I guess Andrew McCarthy insisted on calling him Bobby, which nobody else calls him that. And he thought that was weird. And he thought the isolation tank was weird. And then he really didn't have much more to say about Andrew McCarthy when he was filming that. But then later when they were in St. Elmo's Fire together, he was like, it was so great. I got to see all my friends. Like I saw Judd Nelson again. And I was with my friend Emilio Estevez. And, you know, and there was Demi Moore. And she's so talented. And I love working with her. And Andrew McCarthy was also there. (laughs) It just was pretty clear that they weren't super tight and just based on his demeanor and his rapport with other people I just I think Andrew McCarthy recognized that he's aloof I recommend reading stories I told my friends after that you know they moved in the same circles and it's kind of fun to see that's Ravelo's I've read Demi Moore's how's that really good oh it's called Inside Out like the movie Hmm. but it's not related yeah really good she had some crazy bad stuff happened to her I bet. when she was growing up. There's one photo of her. She's so, so beautiful, like young Demi Moore. So I read that book. I was going to tell you because you recommended it to me. I'm you so glad. <laughs> He's a good writer. He is a good writer. He was kind of an outcast. He wasn't really part of anything that could be called the Brat Pack, except he was in a couple movies, mainly St. Elmo's Fire, well, and Pretty in Pink. If you listen to You Must Remember This, the last episode that's about Rob Lowe and videotape is really about the phenomenon of videotape. So she compares Rob Lowe's real-life videotape situation with Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which came out the same year and was a really big movie. And she talks a lot about James Spader, Mm -hmm. who I also love. Like anybody who has a brain or any discerning taste at all, she recognizes that James Spader is the greatest villain ever in Pretty in Pink in particular. He's so good as Steph. I love that movie. You just have to listen to it because the other thing that's really interesting about You Must Remember This is when we were listening to the Lolita podcast together. You remember Adrian Lyne who directed it and he plays a big role in the story of the development of that movie and it's kind of a dick he directed like all of the movies that she talks about and you must remember this he directed flash dance he directed nine and a half weeks a bunch of other ones it's really interesting just to learn about him as a filmmaker and also just in his role and how we think about sex and eroticism having grown up in the 80s and 90s so i really i think you would like it all right it's on the list okay so this memoir also makes me wonder who's trying to get an adam driver memoir out there if he would ever do yeah, that Yeah, like he's very professional he's not like a tell-all kind of person we might never get that memoir if we do we'll definitely cover it absolutely i read molly shannon's too oh did you like it yeah have you read it? Or no. Do you know anything about her story? I've read Tina Fey's memoir and Amy Poehler's memoir, speaking of funny women from yeah, Saturday Night Live, but not Molly Shannon. I recommend it. Okay. And like any memoir, it's just read it in a couple days. Love that. She has quite a story, too. Life story. So, should we talk about girls? Yeah. Let's do I it. I don't think we have any Adam Driver news because Except for Pig and Prejudice. 
just how would you do the height thing? Like he's so tall. Muppets are like three feet tall. Like I would think they that would be... be part of the fun? Okay. Don't it's, you? Yeah, it just seems like a challenge, like filmmaking wise, to have one super tall actor and then all Muppets. Maybe they'd be up on tables most of the time or that's the only thing. That's the only reason why it probably doesn't exist. I think it would be fine because in Pride and Prejudice, a lot of the time they're sitting on couches talking to each other, you know, like yep. call on people, you know, and the ladies do needlepoint and then they talk and drink tea. Like yeah. then they'd all be sitting. I think in the room you'd have one normal chair and then like all the other chairs would just be like super tall. Okay, it, that's like, easy then. The sitting. Yep. The and, dancing though. Yeah, but the dance. This is what I think he would have to do is Maybe he would bow to them first and hold their hand, but then he would pick them up. He would just up. pick them up, and that's how he'd dance Yeah. Them. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because that's what Adam Driver does anyway. Yeah, but if you pick up a Muppet, I mean, like, then isn't it just a flaccid thing? Like, how well, would it, like... I think they like, have movie tricks for that, because, like... I guess you'd pick it up, and then you just show little, face shots. Yeah. They all have these little pipe cleaner legs, you yeah. know, that, like, stick out of the bottom. I think it would be great. I oh, can't yeah, yeah, see yeah. a downside to it one of my daughters really looked like a muppet when she was just born and because she had really skinny arms and legs very cute and then babies have kind of big bellies yeah i know little baby bodies are funny i love their <laughs> skinny little legs and arms <laughs> and then they get really tummy. chubby i know legs and arms okay so back to girls a uh, full disclosure i watched all of, of it of course you did <laughs> I'm sorry. I have I the episode it. guide up. Right I read now. an episode guide from Wikipedia. I've been thinking this is my project for us is that really I want us to come away with a complete episode guide for Adam Sackler in Girls, okay. where we rate the five best or the 10 best or the best episode per season. I don't know. We can figure out what the scenario is. That's my shape for this. Season one, it's episode seven. I mean, but the early episodes, he's in there a lot. It's kind of creepy, Adam. So in episode seven, to recap, is the warehouse party where Anna and Adam see each other out in the world, and then they have this argument that ends up as their boyfriend and girlfriend. Yes. Episode eight is called Weirdos Need Girlfriends yep. Too. We see them as a couple. The jogging part, he takes her running, and I think it's when they eat ice cream, which is hilarious because he takes he tells her it tastes like cold mucus. Oh, when he says he, he doesn't, doesn't like, like ice cream, cream. and they're just really cute together, and it's as sweet as can be. And she kind of disappears like girls do when they have a new boyfriend. So then Marnie and Jessa end up hanging out, and they go to this bar, and they meet Chris O'Dowd, who normally I really love, but he's a total douchebag. And they go back to his douchey bachelor pad and he wants to play this horrible DJ mashup that he's really into that is his side project. And he gives him this really expensive wine and then he they kind of start ignoring him because he's douchey and Marnie is trying not to be as uptight as she actually is. So she starts this kind of make out with Jessa and he tries to get in on it, but they are not into it and so they leave. I think people are so aware of true crime stuff by now that that doesn't make sense anymore did they go I back guess, with him yeah i guess maybe but and then are just like messing with him and making him super angry i would just think i would be getting murdered in that situation oh really i yeah. don't you don't want you don't listen to true crime stuff i know that i, I made some murder. choices in my 20s that 
if I watched a lot of true crime would probably freak me out. You're with a friend, so yeah. I guess you feel like you have the friend. So, yeah, that's super gross. The guy's clearly, you know, angling for some kind of threesome and um, or at least hooking up with one of the girls. They're just, I don't know, Marnie's kind of into him, but they're she's, just... Well, she's trying to be less uptight. And she's upset because Hannah's with Adam. She's broken up. She's alone. And Jessa hates him. But then she ends up getting married to him yep. in a twist. So I think our takeaway on Adam in this one is Adam Sackler as boyfriend material is kind of sweet and... And doesn't like ice cream. Doesn't like ice cream. Episode 9 is called Leave Me Alone. This is a Jenny Slate episode. So they go to a book signing because she has a memoir out and she's in her 20s. So Hannah's really jealous because her boyfriend died and that gave her something to write about. Which is kind of part of mining your own experiences to, as like a commodity as a writer and also putting them on social media. Which is really unselfconscious. This is just a millennial perspective of this is what you do, obviously, but uh, not realizing the emptiness that can go along with that. Then Hannah's professor encourages her to go to a writing group. She makes up at the last minute a fake story that she had someone she dated that died, and she crashed and burned. And then what about Catherine Hahn and Jessica? I love Tuck? her in that. Her character's name is Catherine, and she plays Jess's employer, but because of Jessa's relationship with Catherine's husband. She's fired, and then they kind of reconcile, but really she looks at her and is like, I see so much in you that could be better. Like, you make these situations for yourself, and you need basically a mom. she's kind of a lost soul, and she needs to find what she cares about. And Jessa kind of takes that to heart and expresses it in a different way. I guess this episode really is all about the girls. There's not a lot of boys in it. Really. And I always like those episodes. Hannah gets a job working with Ray and we see a little bit of Ray evolving into a better person because I still I love Ray. Ray with the sad eyes. So she's kind of getting situated and figuring out her stuff. And Marnie's just kind of schlepping along and Jess is doing what she's doing. And I don't know if we see a lot of Shoshana in this episode either, but I love Shoshana also. Josh is nice. I like her character a lot except there are some episodes when she just yells at all the girls and tells them you know how much she hates them and stuff I don't really like those I do I think she's the voice of reason episode 10 is called she did so Marnie moves out Adam he's kind of like well I could move in and then Hannah ignores it and this is like such a pattern with them where like once Adam falls in love he wants to be serious, but there was this beginning of their relationship and also Hannah's not thinking that he's going to want to commit and then basically they never understand each other. So she blows it off and gets Elijah as a roommate. Then Adam's really hurt and they should have talked about it. I had a similar experience where I needed to move and needed a roommate and my boyfriend at the time told me later that he wanted to move in together, but he never said it at the time. And I probably wanted to, too, but like we never said that. So it was dumb. You just don't talk. You I just don't know, don't how, to know communicate. how much is a function of they shouldn't have moved in together. They're both too young. The relationship's too new. I think Hannah made the right choice asking her friend to live with her. I also just think that's a function of being in your early 20s. Like, you can't communicate, but in a way, I think that 
evolutionarily, that makes sense. You have to evolve into a person who's mature enough to have those conversations. And when you're 24, you're not. So in a way, your immaturity is protecting you. Yeah, housing is always part of the equation, especially in New York, because half the characters are kind of homeless. It comes out that Ray is homeless. He's just been staying at Shoshana's. There's a lot of moving around apartments and instability with apartments for sure. Shoshana loses her virginity in this episode. That's right. The event that brings them together is Jessa kind of disappears, and then she invites them all to this surprise party where she's actually getting married to the Chris O'Dowd character. So all of the characters come together. So we see Elijah there with his older boyfriend. We see Adam is wearing a shirt, and he's all dressed up. Oh, yeah, and he was moved by the wedding. And he's very moved by the wedding. Yeah. Because he feels deeply. And then... We see Marnie and Charlie there, and we see Bobby Moynihan in kind of a fun cameo where he is the officiant at the wedding, and he's really cute in it. So who's Bobby Moynihan? He's an actor who was on Saturday Night Live, and he plays the officiant, and then after the wedding, he hooks he and up with Marnie. Marnie. Yeah. Jess is kind of all over the place, but seems to be really in love and excited to get married. Shoshana is there, and yes, then so then she reconnects with Ray, and we find that Ray can't stop thinking about her. And he says, You vibrate on a really different frequency, and I like that line. Yeah, Ray's fine by this point. You know, so, sometimes characters evolve, and they just hadn't nailed him down yet. Yeah, the pilot kind of extreme so this is a really good episode i think mm-hmm. good finale i think apatow was involved yeah in writing this one and he gets really angry at her and he gets hit by a car yeah and that's the end you don't find out what happened yeah he has to go to the hospital and he doesn't want her to get into the ambulance with him so season two begins and we find out that adam broke his leg or something from this yeah. and he's laid up and Hannah's taking care of him but she doesn't really like him anymore. Now he's vulnerable. She has another boyfriend. Then Adam goes kind of psycho. Writes an album about I love her. that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'd like to hear the album in its entirety. Yeah, he performs it all on YouTube and sends it to her and it's poorly shot. He's not a very good guitar player. And I always love Adam Driver singing. Again, with the internet in the show, he puts this personal album on YouTube. That was a way to share a video. Like, I remember there was a time you couldn't put video on Facebook. Everyone was just like, how can I put things on the internet? Put everything on the internet. How can I do that? Without thinking about that there might be any consequences to that. And so he's being really stalkery. Mm -hmm. And he comes over and he's like, my male something won't let me not pursue you or something. Like, you can't say no. Like, I feel so strongly about this that you must acquiesce. So she ends up starting to call 911. That was pretty funny. Yeah, so you're into the next episode now. Oh, okay. Is there anything else? Which doesn't really matter. Because I think there was more about the other boyfriend in... Yeah. Because Daniel Glover's character is a Republican. The next episode, that's when she gets the unsolicited musical attention from Adam. Sandy doesn't really like her writing. Elijah questions his sexuality. Marnie loses her job. Is this when Marnie hooks up with? I think so. There's no other time. Yeah. That, I mean, Elijah's never questioned his sexuality, but just had this random like mm-hmm. weird hookup with Marnie, and then that creates a lot of drama mm-hmm. later. So then 
in the episode Bad Friend is one of my all-time favorites where she gets this freelance writing gig and she has to try cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so she and Elijah decide to have like this great, amazing night together where they, first of all, get Laird, their downstairs neighbor, the junkie, to get them cocaine, who I love. He's so that. nice. I think people don't say junkie anymore. But they call him they? a junkie. Yeah, and he calls himself a junkie. But I think it's kind of, you know, it's, right. you know. I love that actor who's also in Parks and Rec and plays Congressman Jam. Oh, he's so nice. He is. He's just always he's nice. totally different. And he just really cares about Hannah and he feels conflicted about getting her cocaine. She and Elijah go on this wild night where they are dancing to really good music, by the way. Andrew and Andrew or something. Yeah, is that Andrew, when they Andrew. Said, yeah, the DJ. And they're oh. playing great, like, early aughts music. It's super fun. And they're dancing. dancing. Yeah. And she's got this cute outfit. And then my favorite part is when she ends up dancing with this other guy. And he's like, hey, you're a really good dancer. And she's like, I know. And they switch shirts. And then they switch shirts. Yeah, yeah. And they're, like, doing more cocaine. And they're having a really great time. But then Elijah tells her... I don't think Adam Driver's in this episode at all. But Elijah tells her that he hooked up with Marnie and then she gets really mad. And then they go to a drugstore and Laird is following them because he feels so bad. And then he starts crying. And Mm -hmm. it's a really sweet episode. It's called Bad Friend, but is it when Marnie and Hannah have that fight? And she's like, yeah, I... You're the bad friend. You're you're the the bad bad friend. friend. That was such a good scene that made a really big impression on me. Because everyone makes fun of Hannah on the show, like her yeah. appearance. And how she's so self-absorbed. They always, that's always the thing they come back and to. Narcissistic. Is that she's so... if, if I hear one more person say, you made this about you, I'm going to I'm gonna lose it. I'm so tired of that. They're always saying that. But she doesn't seem any more narcissistic than anyone else. And at one point in the show, she's like, I've been hearing that since I was three years old. So I don't know. It's too much. At that time, was everyone saying, you make it about you? Because if anyone has a reaction to anything, then they're like, you're making this about you. It's like, I'm sorry. I had a reaction. Like, I'm a human being. Uh, What am I supposed to be, a robot or a therapist? Be like, oh, how did you feel about that? If people use therapist talk to me in the real world, I find it enraging. Like, Me too. You read that on the internet of how you're supposed to be real. Anyway, Hannah is like, I'm not the bad friend. You're the bad friend. And she is. Yes, Marnie is infuriating. It's a really good episode, though. And Yeah, Booth Jonathan. It, all, it transpires at Booth <sighs> Jonathan apartment or whatever. Yeah. That's the thing about girls. It just always gets you because who hasn't had a fight like that with one of her girlfriends? I know I have. I had a girlfriend kiss someone that I was interested in. She knew. And to me, that was breaking the girl code. And I was really hurt. And she was prettier than me. I mean, everyone's, you know experience stuff like this. Hannah just reminds me so much of one of my friends in college too. But with your friends now or in the past, did you talk about your friendship so much? And are we gonna be you did. Well this is the thing I can't remember doing that as much. So real to me is I feel like when you're in your twenties your girlfriends are so important to you in a way that it's different when you have a family and a house and responsibilities in your job like everything you do is funneled through your experience with them like they really are shaping who you are and you're growing up with them yeah yeah it's really important and when okay. you get angry at them like you get really angry at them because they matter so much to you yeah and they matter probably more than your boyfriends which are a lot yeah. more transient at that time i know so then 
Is it the next episode when Adam comes to like banging on her door? No, that's a waste. And she calls 911. I feel like that was episode three, possibly in season two, when Hannah gets Adam arrested because he's being really aggressive. Like she opens up the refrigerator door and dials 911 and it Mm -hmm. rings, but then she hangs up. But then the cops show up anyway, which she was really surprised. And I was surprised too, would they? And with a, a cell phone? I mean, can they go? They don't know your address from a cell phone. Do they? Don't, don't they just know a general area? And then the cops come and treat it like a domestic abuse situation. Adam is confrontational and, and they arrest him. This is the episode when Elijah moves out. Hannah has a dinner party. Everyone's really mean to Marnie. Yeah, and then they like go. Then they like go out of town. For a while. Oh, then there's the sexit episode. Then there's that weird episode where she uh, Hannah I has love a that episode. Weekend. That's one of my favorites. Well, man's trash. She has this weekend tryst with this doctor guy who has a really fancy brownstone, and he has a steam shower and is really nice to her and cooks food. And then she's like, realize she wants someone to be nice to her, and she wants all the things. She yeah. wants to get married and have kids and have an adult life. Like she wants yeah. to be an adult. I love that episode. The premise is that she's working at a coffee shop with Ray. And this guy down the street comes and is like, somebody from your coffee shop is throwing all their garbage in my garbage cans. And could you please make them stop? Because now I don't have any place for my garbage can. And Ray escalates it right away and like completely loses his mind. And then Hannah gets mad at Ray and leaves. And then she goes to him and confesses that actually it was her who was doing it. And that it's just kind of a fun thing that she likes to do. And they end up having this two-day thing, and he's kind she of... gives him a surprise kiss. Yeah, just, this happens a lot. Like she just usually it's the other way around, and like rom coms, the guy will just give a surprise kiss. I think it's frowned upon now because it's like non-consent. And really, like if you're gonna kiss, there needs to be like an awkward silence, and you know it's gonna happen, and then it happens. I don't know. I'm so old. I think you have to say like I would like to kiss you now. Yeah, you probably have to talk about it verbally now. A solution to the problem is if women just made all the moves. I don't want to do that. Just flip it. What we are used to in our culture is like the guy usually makes the first move. What if the woman makes the first move? Wouldn't that kind of make it the consent thing more clear? Well, sometimes men don't consent. I still need to be consent. Anyway, I thought that could be a thing. It should be expected that the woman makes the move. Yeah. Like in dating. So we're in the episode One Man's Trash that I really like. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it made as big an impression on you as it made on me. I I... love those little episodes of girls that are just like a one-act play. I'm in a different headspace with this show right now because after I watched the first two seasons, I was like, yay, best show ever. This is the best show ever. Season three, four, and five are still good. There's still a lot of things I like about them. Season six, however, I feel like they murdered the show and I have a bad taste in my mouth. So looking back, I I know I liked that show at the time and I think I liked rewatching it, except there was no Adam Driver in it. But now I feel kind of uh, about it. It's just because of seeing it more. Yeah, Yeah. so I apologize for... It's okay. I think we should just fast forward to some key Adam Driver episodes because otherwise we're just going to get stuck. Because there's Staten Island Ferry in this season. That episode is Boys, Boys, which I really think is an important episode. In that episode, Adam is still getting over Hannah and he steals a dog. We only find that out because Ray's book 
of Little Women. He needs it back, and Hannah left it at Adam's house, but she doesn't want to go to Adam's house, so Ray has to go. That reminded me of that joke I like from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you got to tell it again. It's uh, from one of the monologues, and Adam Driver says, I went to see Little Women. It wasn't Little Women. It was a lot of women. Oh, yeah. So I loved that that showed up in Girls again. Cute. And that he was, he was reading it or... Yeah, Ray needed it back, his copy of Little Women. Yeah. That was a great touch. Yep. Love that. Love that. Heart. So they go, and then it ends up just being an episode about Ray and Adam because it turns out that this dog has big problems, and they need to return it, but it comes from Staten Island, so they have to go on this epic trip to Staten Island on the ferry, and they talk, and they end up having a fight. And it is a sweet moment about them because Ray is like, you know, you and I actually have a lot in common, and Adam Driver is like, yeah, we're both interesting looking funny looking yeah. yeah that's the line i like from that they're talking about which age of a woman is the best to yeah. date and sadly i think they said like something that was under 18 or 55 yeah but in the middle it's bad i do kind of remember feeling like when you're at the age as a woman when you need to kind of start thinking about getting married like if you want to have kids because you have this deadline and you're kind of doing the math. And then I feel like a lot of guys then start to want to avoid you because they're going to be like, she just wants to settle down. But you're like, yeah, <laughs> you got to settle down. But there is extra pressure in your 20s and 30s. This episode, it's like the first time Ray and Adam hang out together on their own and they kind of do it reluctantly. But it's sort of like they have this show. It's a hit show girls and then they have to start creating situations for the other characters to interact and yeah a plus really like that and they also have a fight where ray is like why do you like hannah and yeah like he gets she's really a lot mad. and then he gets really mad and he leaves but he's like i I care about her, and she is all of the things that you say, but also she's basically a good person, and what is wrong with you? And he walks away. Well, because Ray was basically saying she's ugly and fat. Yeah. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. And he leaves. So then Ray gets stuck with his dog, and Ray kind of has this moment where he's, like, empathetic. Eventually somehow gets rid of the dog and goes he back to He gets yelled her. at. Yep. Episode 7 is when they go to Jess's dad. That's also just an, really an episode about how men have a really hard time growing up, I thought. Yuck. It was just yuck. Yep. R except for Rosanna Arquette, isn't Yeah, it? she's, she's cute. She's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like her in everything. Something about girls is they're always talking about their friendship and, like, how close their friendship is, including Hannah and Jessa. They've, like, threw in a couple montages of them being goofy together, but this is the only episode where it kind of shows that they are friends because that's something that becomes difficult to believe in the series. Like, why are they friends and are they? I think that what we should do is just quick run through because... Eight, nine, and ten are all really important. We have to talk about Natalia. Yes, in the yes. Adam Sackler story. And so I kind of just want us to focus on that. Okay. So eight, nine, and I ten. I drift, yeah. There's a lot that goes on. Marnie becomes this really cringy person who's committed to singing, which I hate that storyline. It makes me want to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Hannah gets OCD again, which I also don't love that storyline, and it makes me want to kill myself. Shoshana has a lot of evolution as a person, and I think the way she relates with Ray is really great. But I really want to talk about Adam in these three episodes yeah. because it's a really interesting moment. And, and it starts with that AA meeting right. that I like. I, I love too. that AA meeting. Yes. So we see him in AA, and we hear a little bit more about him, that he's been sober since he was 17, but that he's really struggling with this breakup, and he has 
has these really great physical moments in it where he's talking about his experience with Hannah and how he misses her. Carol Kane is in it, who I also love. Yeah, she's amazing. She's looking up at him because she's just little. And afterwards, she goes up to him and she implores him that he has to call her daughter Natalia. And she says he's like cuter than a bug on someone's butt. <laughs> and she asks him how tall he is. And he's she's so little and he's so big. And he has this real cute smile with dimples. And it's really endearing. And you don't even know if he's going to ask this girl out. But he does, Natalia. And they go on this really great date. And they show like an awkward phone call. Yep. You kind of don't think of Adam Sackler as being not confident or like he would have a hard time calling somebody. Although he is super awkward. Like he doesn't know how to act like a normal person. And so then they go out to this restaurant and it goes really well and it's really cute and she's really cute. And then I don't remember how it ends. It's clear that they're gonna get together. I mean, they have this sex scene where she gives him a lot of instructions and she's like, I don't like this, I don't like this. And he's like, I like how clear you are. And you kind of can see what he's thinking. Like, this is a mature relationship. So then on the next episode, he's with his girlfriend and they go to an engagement party for her friend, played by Amy Schumer. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good in it. There's one funny moment at the party where she walks off with Amy Schumer and Amy Schumer's like, he looks like an old timey criminal, which is kind and of she funny. says he looks like Peter Pan. He does sort of look like Peter Pan, but I don't understand because he also doesn't look like Peter Pan at all. But she goes off with him and then this man comes out and he's like, can you believe we're missing the whatever sports game, you know, for this engagement party? And Adam Driver's like, oh, fuck, you know, because you can tell he's just trying (laughs) to relate to another man. But like it doesn't work. Love that. So then they go out to a bar afterwards. He goes outside and he runs into Hannah. She's walking home from this doctor's appointment and they have this awkward exchange and then he goes back inside and you can tell he's kind of shaken by it so he has a drink with her and then they like dance and have a really good time it's not really clear if he's drunk but he probably shouldn't be drinking and then they think he's pretty wasted yeah it's like zero to 100 and he's like i want to be able to have fun with you and she's like are you sure so he starts drinking So then they end up back at his apartment, and she is like, this apartment is gross, which is true. And then his face changes, and he's like, get on all fours. And she's like, okay. And then he's like, crawl down to my bedroom. And she's like, what are you going for here? This is so gross. So she gets most of the way in. Wasn't there like broken glass or something? Yeah, she's like, this floor is so dirty. And then he runs in after her and picks her up and throws her on the bed. And basically, he just fucks her from behind and then he pulls out and masturbates on her chest and she's not into it and she's like don't on my dress so he pulls her dress off and just masturbates onto her chest and you see the semen and she's like I did not like that comments thoughts (laughs) it's very it's very rapey it's not good I don't know what to say I don't either. The darkest moment. As soon as that episode started, I was like, I don't like this episode. Like, I remembered it so clearly. I don't like it. Afterwards, he's like, I don't know what came over me. He was like, I guess we're going to break up now. I mean, he doesn't say that exactly, but he basically says something like that. Did they break up yet? No. No, okay. Because then there's a run in at a coffee shop with Amy Schumer again. Yes, but that happens later. Like, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. I just get so stuck on this episode I can't get past it I don't know what they're telling us I don't know I don't 
get it. And they do stay together. The next time you see them having sex, he tries to dirty talk to her. And he's like, you just love my cock, you whore. And she's like, I can like sex and not be a whore. It's so hard to know what we're supposed to think of him in this episode. I'm sure everybody has had a sexual experience where they're not exactly comfortable with what's happening and they're not communicating. But the thing about her is she is such a good communicator, but they aren't connecting. And you can't tell, did he do that to alienate her because he's still broken up about Hannah? Or that he thought their relationship could be like his and Hannah's? Or that... A little S&M-y kind of... Or he's drinking and he loses his inhibitions and that's how he wants to relate to her and he doesn't know how to say it. But it's awful. And it becomes a monster. Looks, yeah. yeah. And I've read so many different things about it and I don't know. And then the next episode, he's having sex with her and she sort of corrects him. But then she kind of disappears for a while and it's clear that they're not on the same level. They're probably going to break up. And then Hannah is grappling with this OCD situation, which I found a stupid plot line. I didn't mind it. I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, wow, I've never seen that. I thought it was the first time I saw something like that on TV. I thought it was kind of like raising awareness-y. She's alone and she's really struggling with this deadline that she's on. She shoved a Q-tip too far yep. into her ear. She's just having a real hard time. And her friends aren't she available. She has this deadline pressure. Yeah. With, she's supposed to write a book yeah. In one month yeah which is stupid so then she ends up calling adam on facetime and it's funny because she doesn't know he even knows how to use facetime and he notices that she's all twitchy and so he has this moment where he's obviously wearing no shirt throws all this stuff that's in front of the door out of the way and like runs through new york with her on facetime the whole time and this music is swelling and then he gets there and she won't get out of bed so he breaks down the door and he lifts her up and they kiss and it's very romantic and i am not gonna lie like i cried a little bit and i read this ms magazine article about it where they really like the on all fours episode because it's gross and weird and you see the sort of alienating outcome of an awful sexual experience like that but then in the next episode he's like a romantic hero and it's like Mm -hmm. completely forgotten and what is that right yeah he's knight in shining armor adam which comes up again and again and so many like i was always here yeah what about what happened to natalia we don't know We don't know what happens to Natalia. She's probably like, good riddance. Mom, never set me up again. I guess it's sort of an it's complicated scenario. But, I mean, it was pretty exhilarating when he was running down the street with her on the phone. He was the one person who was really, because her friends are kind of shit. (laughs) I mean, okay for like a fun night at the club, but they wouldn't be there. And he probably saved her life. He really came through for her. And it was powerful episode. Mm-hmm. It was a powerful episode. But yeah, on the heels of the Natalia. So the actress mm. who played Natalia said she never thought it was rape. That okay. It, she wasn't playing it that way, that it was an awkward situation. There's a lot of perspectives on it. And one of the perspectives I thought was really interesting is all of these freelance gigs that she keeps getting and also with this book deal everybody wants her to like have dirty awkward sex in her 20s and report on it yeah be out of her comfort zone always pushing your boundaries or having no boundaries absolutely and so a lot of episodes thought that part of that episode with natalia you see what that actually looks like and it looks bad 
you know? Mm -hmm. And so many people commented on the fact that you never actually see semen (laughs) on TV, except in porn, and that you see it and she looks dirty and scared and sad. Are those the kinds of articles people want Hannah to write? And is that why she wrote that? Because that's what people wanted her to write in the real life? Because she wrote and directed that episode also, which it I get so stuck in all of that. I give Adam Driver like top marks. He, he plays that convincingly and he doesn't apologize and he doesn't try to make himself a better person at all. Yeah, well, definitely that's a thing. And that's sort of what I meant by like commodifying your own experiences. And at the time, it was 2012, 2013, what you're supposed to do is overshare, put everything on the internet, have no boundaries, which no wonder we then got obsessed with consent after that. There was so much pressure on women not to to allow anything to happen. And then if you try to say no, then there's something wrong with you and you're not out of your comfort zone. There's a show called The Affair. It's rough. and But anyway, there's like a Me Too situation with the main character later on. And I don't know if he had sex with students or something. And, oh, he wrote a book, and his younger students are like, so that was rape, right, that scene? And he's like, no, that was dominant sex. So they're like, you don't know what rape is. And he's like, you're a prude, basically. And he is pushing these young women, like, you should be out of your comfort zone. And she's like, why should I be out of my comfort zone when I've never been in a comfort zone? Like, you walk into an elevator with a man, you're like, is he going to rape me? As a woman, you don't really live in a comfort zone. Like, yeah, pushing women to be out of their comfort zone definitely was bad. And that's really on display in Girls with her career. Those three episodes are so hard to watch and confusing. I don't know what to think of them, and I don't know what to think of Adam Driver, and I don't know what to think of Adam Sackler when I watch them. It's so interesting to me, too, because I was thinking about how, you know, you've probably read things about when they were casting him and how he was originally supposed to be a handsome carpenter, and they were looking for a Taylor Kitsch type. You know Taylor Kitsch from... Did you watch Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Oh. Logans, yeah. Yeah, like a football player, a sandy hair. A golden god. Yeah, and then, yeah, Adam gave such a super strange. Yeah, but magnetic performance. And so then you can see how. That's much more Brooklyn. Yeah. Why were they thinking of like a jock anyway? but. But you can see how then she shaped her writing to him and to this weird magnetism he has. And. I just get so stuck on those episodes. I really don't know what to think of them, except that I would say anybody who loves Adam Driver and wants to see what makes Adam Driver Adam Driver should watch those three episodes because you see every color of who he can be. He's like cute and awkward in the first one. He's got dimples. He's tall. He's really physical, but in like a sweet and gawky way. And then in the second one, he's kind of scary and can be very domineering and dominant and also very big and very physical she's so little yeah and then in the third episode that translates into this heroic quality that is still very compelling but it's confusing it refers to sex in the city too where carrie and her job was to write a column about her sex life in real time it's Mm -hmm. the same thing it's your job but it, that's very invasive. I know. You know, you know and like it, a woman can have a job as long as she tells everything. And then it's almost like a porn. 
-hmm. Like, who's the audience Mm -hmm. then? Which is why girls did really mix it up, like, with Lena Dunham's body and how she was naked a lot. And she doesn't have a porn body. Mm -hmm. And I think that really scrambled everything and made... There were some other comparisons with Sex and the City, too. Like, actually, there is an episode where you see semen, which is very unusual in Sex and the City. And I think it lands on Miranda or something. And it's really unpleasant, the same way it is in this. And then also, do you remember the episode when Charlotte has, she's dating someone, but he can't come until he yells, you stupid whore. (laughs) Do you remember? And that reminded me of when Adam is with Natalia and he calls her a whore. But in her well, case things can be said in that situation that seem really gross when you're not yes. in that situation but if you are in the situation it can be okay but in both of the cases of these shows the women are not okay with it well miranda i, I unless i'm mixing it up with a different boyfriend she had who was like really mean to her when they had sex and she liked it then but no. then she didn't like it when they were out in the world the, is it the, the same ep- guy no it's, it's charlotte. A charlotte oh charlotte has charlotte. this guy okay. who's really handsome and great but he can't come until he yells he's stupid whore and he doesn't even realize he's doing it well it, that's what adam Sandler said up. too he's like i don't know what i'm saying until like like yeah. he's in some kind of a blackout yeah when but he's what the aroused. fuck like that would be scary yeah, you can't be in a blackout. You have and to like, still be And like, what's wrong with them? Side note. You remember we talked about how they never showed how Adam and Hannah met? At the very end, do you mind if I say this? Adam and Jessa decide to make a movie about the experience with Hannah. And while they're showing the closing credits, they show, apart from the movie, which I don't know if it was supposed to be the real way they met, it was like Adam working in a candy store and... Hannah came in and stole a candy out of it. It was like bulk candy. And then he wrote his number on her hand. And she's like, oh, that hurts. And he's like, that's how you'll remember it or something, which is also kind of similar vibe. But they did show how they met, possibly. Cute. So this is episode 27. Should we give it combs? I'm going to give it five combs. To me, it's still good. But I am getting very confused about the messages. But I guess that's fine. Yeah, there was a lot that was going on in season two. Yeah, I'll give it five combs. I mean, I don't know if I can endorse everything that happened in it, but maybe that's not the idea. Okay, so are you up for doing another episode on girls? Yes. Okay, you're still into it. I do want to say I thought of one more Adam Driver news piece. Okay. This is what it is. Have you seen coverage of the new Barbie movie? No. Why? Guess who wrote it? Noah Baumbach. Guess who's directing it? Greta Gerwig. What? Keep thinking about how they're collaborators of Adam Driver's, and I keep wondering if he'll show up in some capacity. Back up. It's a movie about Barbie? Yeah. Like Ken and Barbie? Yeah. But with um, with real people? Yes, Margot Robbie is Barbie. I can't believe you haven't seen this. And Ryan Gosling is Ken. Oh, my God. This sounds And America really Ferreira is in it in some role that I don't know what it is yet. So it's going to be really good. I can't wait. So Noah wrote it. Greta's directing. Cool. I like that. That's awesome. I think that's probably what he likes best. Maybe that's what she likes best. Stay that's tuned. That's cool. Yeah, maybe there'll be a, an Adam Driver vehicle with that same combo. Maybe he'll play the bad guy. Yeah, some kind of villain. There's definitely going to be like a gay love interest for Ken. I have no doubt about that. Okay, cool. Well, this was episode 27. Thank you for listening. Hope you're ready for a lot more girls. Yeah, because we're going to keep talking about it. Okay, bye. Bye.